0: Today's segment is Stonk Tonk, where two imbeciles with no formal training in anything remotely related to finance wax poetic about how to the moon stocks will go such as GameStop, AMC, and any others that show up on Wall Street bets. We used to be long term investors and then we got caught up in the hype, lost several thousand dollars in the process, and now consider ourselves, well, morons. But excited morons! Follow our advice at your own peril. Yeah, I had a hundred bucks of Doge that was sitting in my Robinhood. But because I hate Robinhood, I was like, nuts to this. And they don't let you transfer, as far as I could tell. So I sold all my holdings of uh, GameStop and Doge and AMC. And then I closed out, I closed down my Robinhood account. And then I was like, oh, try this Kraken thing. So I, I downloaded Kraken. And then it was like, yeah, you gotta verify, like it took just weeks to verify everything. And I was like, all right, can I please buy some Doge now? And it's like, yeah, sure, go ahead, go buy some Doge. And I was like, there's no button to buy Doge. And like, no, no, it's right there, just click it. And I was like, there's no button in any in any browser. I can't find a button to buy anything on this stupid freaking website. And they're like, no, no, it's there, you're an idiot. And I'm like, fuck this. So then I just went to the app store and I found this app Called Voyager, and I was just like, I'm gonna try this app. Never heard of it. It's got good reviews. Within two minutes, I was in. My bank account was connected, and I had bought $100 of Dogecoin. Damn! Damn! Fucking minutes. Now my $100 is worth $112.
1: Whoa! Calm down there.
0: And, and weep. Twelve percent. Yeah. You know,
1: Better pull out. Oh, <laughs>
0: well, yeah. we're having a brainstorm now, John. Dad, how's the how's the house breaking down going? Oh uh, everything's happening now pretty good. Um John is coming over for a farewell din. Um mm. uh, the people that bought it, i I met the guy, Steve. He's a tennis player he's also a lacrosse coach Ooh, for high really school. Cool. College. Oh, not a coach, a referee for lacrosse.
2: Ooh.
0: Oh, yeah, and uh, his kids are small, five years old. Yeah. So I told him I gave him all my trade secrets. You know, Astro Skate for rollerblade hockey at age five.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Astro Skate still around?
0: Yeah, they're still doing the same shit. Hmm still he, awesome as can be did you <laughs> tell them that a jet boat will fit in the garage and, and use that oh, to yeah. uh destroy all of your children's joints and give them back pain for the rest oh of the yeah. yeah well i think i'm gonna get a boat.
2: <laughs>
0: not quite violent when pulling the tube <laughs> yeah no uh no i didn't cover that with him yet but uh i'll see him again Mm -hmm. So we had the house inspector come through. That was a semi-disaster. What happened? Well, he the guy took, I mean, you can't believe what this house inspector did. He took all of the pots and pans out of every cabinet. And he found a wire inside the kitchen island that did not have an insulatory snake over the top of the already insulated wire. So I have to find an insulated snake to go over the top of the Romex.
1: Didn't you sell the house as is?
0: Yeah, we did, but there's a, a, a kink. And so you have to pass a four point inspection in order for the buyer to get Homeowners insurance. Well, if that's it.
1: part of the four point. that it sounds kind of important.
0: <laughs> yeah, everything electrical. So they only found two loosely connected wires ready to set the house on fire inside the attic.
1: <laughs> only two.
0: Yeah, only two. So we got to take care of those. A, bit of a little. Yeah. So it was just stuff like that, and well, you know, if the, if the wire doesn't get you, then JP leaving the burner on and then going for a paddleboard ride
1: will Nah, i've never seen it happen
0: oh hey chris you don't even know in utah i left the burner on and the wind blew the gas out and the gas kept coming and we opened (laughs) the front door and the whole house smelled like gas
2: oh good good thing you're smokers
0: oh shit but you guys uh, you do we could have blown up half of deer mountain jesus christ i could have taken out the adjacent houses
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah that's cool so what what's uh what's the timeline for getting out of this house and getting into the other house so it's uh all well organized so um on uh april 30th uh we uh we have access to the new house and uh first I, Paint the walls of the garage. And then I've got some buddies coming in there to help me build the board racks mm-hmm. in storage, interior storage shelving, because the the ceilings are 10 feet high, almost 11 feet high, so there's lots of room. So we're going to build that out. And, uh, at the same time, um, Bill Lindstrom is doing the floorings and the carpeting. And then uh, we have to tent the house for termites. That's on the 12th of May. And, uh, then we start moving everything over and then the movers come on the 18th. And that's when we kind of start to move into, uh, the new house, May 18th. So it's about a month away. And the new people move into this, uh, the uh, the end of May, June first. So, we got they got six weeks. We got a month, so we got time to do everything. Nice, yeah. Hell yeah! All right, cool. Yeah. Let's uh, let's get into the, the market talk with the old man of the market, John. What's uh, what's been going on with your smart smolio?
1: Uh, I haven't really been paying much attention to it this last week, uh, yeah. with uh, being off on fraternity leave and trying to build an entire playground in my backyard. <laughs> really oh, fucking tired.
0: I saw the picture. It came out awesome.
1: So far, so good. And so,
0: I heard you put in a ditch and you 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 put in a French drain.
1: Not a French drain, just an actual fucking massive pipe. To, to yeah, drain it's out
0: that hole's in it, right?
1: No, no. Oh, I, I'm having a drain outside of the yard underneath all of the uh the ground, and oh. I only had, to, only had to cut through six tree roots, one of them was the size of my chest.
2: <laughs> oh my god, you have
0: a... huh?
1: uh, I had to rent one.
0: Oh, good, <coughs> yeah, Damn, that's awesome. What a my boys to...
1: yeah, swinging
0: around a in... chainsaw that makes a father. Man.
1: So took me oh, two yeah. and a half days to dig a fucking trench that was like ten feet long.
0: Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what? Mm-hmm. Hey, it'll be worth it.
1: I can't afford someone to do this shit. <laughs> yeah, all my money's tied up in the market. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully the tree doesn't. Yeah, hopefully not. That would really suck. <laughs> but uh outside of that, the market's been good to me. Uh, I'm actually up for the first time what so far and uh since i started doing the magic formula i'm currently at 39.55 dollars that is of unrealized gains (laughs) and uh over last week i'm up two and a half percent
0: wow yeah just in the last two weeks
1: in the last one week
0: that's one week so wait wait that would be a lot Then over a whole year, if that continued, I'd be 100%. Yeah. 50 weeks.
1: Yeah. So, what what also helped is uh, as soon as I started this, I uh, bought into uh, Michael's, the craft store. And I think the same day they got bought out (laughs) and they went private. So, that entire thing, I made three cents per share. Whole sixty six cents right there.
0: <laughs> yeah, but you only paid one cent for it. What do you mean? What'd you pay for it? Two cents a share.
1: No, I paid twenty one ninety seven, and it sold for twenty two. <laughs> wow. Yeah.
0: Well, that was a very big um, markup on that sale, was it?
1: Oh. no i mean well i it yeah it i think it was in the talks like i didn't really do enough research to realize not to buy that at the time <laughs> i was like yeah it's on the list let's give it a shot Fuck it so hey dad yeah, gonna... I, got
0: a, I got a question for you so mm-hmm. um when, when the market is already at record highs and yeah. coming out of the pandemic and you know, five trillion dollars have just been put into the economy, and there's like a crazy infrastructure plan that will hopefully go through. Like, what, what, what is like the top of this market? Is is, is the S and P going to hit five thousand at some point? Well, uh, the Raymond James guy says uh, 10% this year, from here, and another 10% next year. As a result of the infrastructure plan and all that stuff, Mm -hmm. but those guys—I mean—that's that's that's, uh, implying that there's going to be ups and downs of between five and ten percent along the way.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. So the only way to get into the market when it's this high is to put a little bit of money in uh, every week or every once a month. Just you had to do. you know chaotic purchases blind purchases which means you can't look at whether the market's higher or low or better or whatever you just fucking put it in um and said. then if you, if you get a dip and the thing drops five or ten percent then you put instead of one month in you put two or three months of investment in
2: mm-hmm.
0: you double down and buy more mm-hmm. during any pullbacks Do you anticipate any dips on the horizon? Because it seems like all we do is go up higher. Yeah.
1: Well, that's all stocks do.
0: Yeah, they just, well, those just sort of happen as a result of something that might happen in the world. You know, like, I don't know, Russia accidentally fired a nuclear missile, but our anti-missile missile missile blew it up. You know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Cuba crisis. Um. (laughs) you know,
2: mm-hmm. that's so
1: just to really dumb it down for, uh, for everyone. What, yeah. what kind of metrics do you use or is it, do you look at the one week, uh, down 5%? Do you look at the one month, the six month? What, what, what do you mean okay. by kind of down 5%? All
0: right. Well, i uh, down, down 5% from, uh, the high for the last, you know, this year, let's say, okay. So, you know, however high, right at their all-time high, say. So if it suddenly dropped, you know, three and a half, four and a half percent, I would start putting some more dough in. Uh, but if you have money sitting cold and you want to invest it, you cannot just put it in this market. You have to put it in like you're doing once a week, mm-hmm. a little tiny bit that will stretch out through the entire year. Or let's say uh, there's eight months left in the year and you have $8,000. You only put $1,000 in every month. Okay. And usually in the middle of the month, there's a propensity for the market to be cheaper than at the beginning of the month or the end of the month. If you look at the statistics on the weekly wiggles. (laughs) So every Fifteenth of the month, you would put, you know, your, your uh, you know, your, your periodic investment mm-hmm. in,
2: hmm.
0: you know, yeah. so yeah, you and then yeah,
2: good.
0: You're just doing that, and the market just keeps going up, and you just keep putting more in, and the the stuff you put in late is at the higher high, and the stuff you put in earlier is fucking made some money or it takes a drop and everything's lower and you take two or three months worth of money and throw it in. Hey, Deb, what, what did you do, you know, after the dot-com bubble burst and in 2007 after the housing bubble burst? Like what oh. what was your kind of like that day, that week strategy, okay. were you like, Let Fuck. me take a little <laughs> Sorry. One, of, one of my neighbor friends that was worth $20 million. <laughs> he he kept making giant purchases Uh, like he would think "Oh, this can't lose and he'd make a million dollar position so when the dot com thing happened I didn't sell anything Mm -hmm. (laughs) I just took a beating and I just sat there for, for years
2: yeah,
0: and then extra money that I had coming in from earnings, I would just systematically buy a little more of something. But anytime there's been something bad to happen, I never sell. Yeah, and the reason is that I mostly buy what I call cockroaches, which is a companies that are so badass <laughs> that nothing's going to kill them. Yeah, they're no proof. So. <laughs> You know, and what's nuke proof? Well, the S&P 100 is nuclear proof, mm-hmm. um, like, uh,
2: um, you know, those okay. sort of th- Apple.
1: <laughs> so I, I've got a question. Like, do you ever kind of uh, look into individual stocks or are you just kind of more of an ETF ride or die? Well,
0: um, no, I actually have a lot of um, individual stocks because I didn't like the QQQ. So I never bought it. Mm -hmm. The only thing I liked in the QQQ was Amazon and Google and Facebook. Uh, I I was afraid of Netflix. I didn't understand it. So all my technology is in those three. So I don't know. That's a decision. And Apple, so there's four of them. But those I've been in for 10 years or so. Oh, I have I have a sneaking suspicion that, I mean, Apple's been working on their own electric car for a couple of years yeah. now. Right. I feel like that's going to be gangbusters. I mean, a, a, oh, car, yeah. a car designed as well as an iPhone. Like, yeah. sign yeah. me up. And I also feel that yeah. at some point, SpaceX is going to collab with Tesla. And there, he's going to, like, revolutionize the airline industry so that we can just get yeah. to and from places on Earth insanely fast. Because, like, nothing has changed in the airline industry for what, like, 70 years? Exactly.
1: They made the, the, the rows a lot shorter.
0: It. <laughs> it's done on purpose. It's it's deliberate compression of technology. Yeah. The innovators dilemma yeah it's the way a big business makes money is by suppressing technologies because they don't want to make it cheaper and easier for people to live better mm-hmm. they're making a lot of money on there like look at the light bulb the, the, the light bulb with the tungsten filament that you know came out in 1902 <laughs> is the same light bulb until 10 years ago when the LED came out.
2: Yeah.
0: And the LED, There's a light the LED.
2: bulb.
0: You know when the LED was There's a light bulb
3: LED. that lasts forever.
0: Yeah. 1962 that they discovered the LED the LED, the light emitting diode. <laughs> so they suppressed it for 40 years.
2: Yeah.
0: When it could easily have been turned into the light bulbs we use today.
3: Mm-hmm. There's a is light it, bulb that, that you can go see that's been on for eighty almost like fifty years straight.
2: Holy shit, Edison,
0: it's
3: an, it's yeah. the
0: Edison. Yeah. Yeah. But Dad, yeah. The, the reason the reason I say that is, you know, we're we're talking how you know Apple and Tesla are kind of like massively overvalued, like way more Tesla than anything, and it yeah. just seems like they're oh, just just even. Nor, normal wise, Tesla could do some crazy shit, but like, if yeah. you know, I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility for for Elon to like do something weird with Tesla that that makes it have a much larger uh, market cap or like opens up to new yeah services or products um, yeah yeah well no I I love the whole thing it's just it it, it it turned into a cult stock and they bid it up too high other than that i love it i love it i love it but well, i want to buy a technology company that is a value of pricing right now it's apple believe it or not really even the price it's at yeah and it pays a, like a one percent or one and a half percent that's
1: below one percent but yeah
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and all the analysts are saying, you know, in the technology group, Apple is the bargain right now. Well, here's the deal. If you had a choice between a Tesla, entry-level Tesla, and an entry-level 100% electric car built by Apple, which one would you choose? Mm. Tesla?
1: Yeah, I'd probably go Tesla just because... They have been doing it for longer and And they got the they got the market research.
0: Yeah, but if if you read about what Tesla owners have to go through with the service departments because they don't have service departments, they were just invented at the beginning of this year. (laughs) Personally, nobody fixed the car and there were no parts. Yeah. I don't I don't think there's any precedent for this because like obviously there were phones before the iphone but they were flip phones they were they were shitty phones yeah the iphone came out and completely as far as i know you know created the smartphone industry and created it with a great product like there have been other smartphones but i you know i play with my friends i play with john's you know google three or whatever the hell it's called and i'm like i can't find dick on this thing
2: yeah it sucks
3: for sure
0: <laughs> John, John loves it John's not going to have yeah, any it's a either. great phone <laughs> but I I just hate and I think Apple's genius for like not you know I have iMessage on my computer so I can text people from my laptop but like I can't text John with my laptop because he doesn't have yeah. iMessage but I can
1: for... text you from my computer
3: I think you actually can text John
0: oh what? Two hands. Yeah, two hands. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I'm taking Michael home. <laughs> <laughs>
2: like,
0: have you have you pulled one of those to yell at your kids yet?
3: Uh, not yet, because my. The only kids that are having sleepovers are girls, and they're having girls over, so I don't want to like scar them for life. <laughs> be like, hey. All right,
2: now I'm back. All there right, girl. there he
3: is.
0: I'm back. Okay, so I heard an interesting thing today on NPR. Um, they were talking about uh, the biggest money sucks at, in Medicare and, and what it turns out to be is uh, patients who have kidney failure and are on dialysis mm-hmm. because uh, about 10 years ago, Congress passed a law that no matter what your age is, if you got diabetes and your kidneys were failing and you had to go on dialysis, Medicare would pay for it if you were five years old mm. or 25 or 55 or 65.
1: That sounds awful.
0: So listen to this, so in the United States of America, there's only two companies that provide dialysis. And one of the companies not only provides dialysis, but they manufacture the only dialysis machine that is available in the United States. And they sell the, uh, their machine to the other company that provides dialysis. Okay, guess who owns those companies Slack Stock and Barrel?
1: The Koch brothers.
0: Warren Buffett.
2: Ooh. What?
0: Yeah, Warren Buffett because Warren Buffett. Well, he Buffett,
1: loves moats.
0: <laughs> he loves moats. He loves absolute monopolies. So the, uh, if you go through Medicare, <laughs> uh, one day of dialysis is $250. dollars hmm And most people need it four times a week. And the average lifespan is three years. Once you go on dialysis, you you get to live for three years or you die unless you get a kidney transplant.
2: Yeah. And
0: and so only 33% of Americans are borderline diabetic. So (laughs) it's it's a really good thing. But the very best part is Medicare um, only pays. For dialysis, if you do not have private insurance, so if you're working for a company and you have regular insurance, the insurance company has to pay. Well, guess how much the insurance companies pay for dialysis for one day? One thousand dollars for a four-hour session.
3: And how? What do you have to have dialysis like twice a week?
0: Four times. No. Four times a week. Yeah, three to four times a week, basically every other day.
2: Dude, that's yeah. like a job. How can yeah. anyone get anything there done four.
0: with that you sit there for four hours? So if you if you have uh, regular insurance, it's sixteen grand a month, thousand dollars a session, or four thousand dollars a week. And but if you have Medicare, like if you're broke and you're on Medicare, then the government pays two fifty. Uh, which is a thousand dollars a week. So the company that owns these machines and rents them out, and you know, they're 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 making billions. And so, who owns them? Warren Buffett buy another monopoly.
2: Jeez,
0: Now the thing is, there's no stock. You can't buy it because Warren Buffett said, "Fuck it. I got enough money. I don't even need." to buy stock, I'll just buy the whole goddamn company.
2: <laughs>
0: and that's that's what Berkshire Hathaway is.
2: Yeah, About
0: half of the positions are companies that aren't even stocks anymore. He just wow. buys the whole damn thing and sticks it in the portfolio. That's kind of, uh, that's not the most like integrous uh, thing, I would say. <laughs> no, it isn't. It, it, it's pure um, capitalism. It's pure, you know, how to make money. Yeah. Jack, can you turn your camera on? Oh, am I off somehow?
2: Yeah.
0: Let me look again. Oh, yeah. Okay. here we go. Yeah. So is there any way we can benefit from this, or should we call our local representative? Well, I mean, it's just that if you look at the chart on uh, Berkshire Hathaway, it, it, it's it's really old. It goes back to like 1950 or 60. It's old. It's dirt. It's BRK something, Berkshire Hathaway. Yeah. I mean, it's got an amazing chart, and um, it's stuffed full of financials right now, and financials over the next two or three years are are going to make a fortune because interest rates are going to go. Up.
3: Hey, I I'm gonna uh, pause for a minute because I just got a tornado warning.
0: Yeah, I did too.
3: All right, I'm just gonna try to investigate that real quick. I'll be well, right I, back.
0: Go, Mike, go outside and run around naked.
3: Oh, I'm gonna go get my kite. <laughs> let me go. Let me go check it out real quick. All right. Fight okay.
1: oh, oh. it. That? Uh, yeah, that's not too bad.
0: Yeah, it's a fight the tornado, Mike. Yeah, well, we just had one a week ago that ripped the roof off of uh the shopping center near our new house.
1: Ooh, yeah,
0: Alderman Road, and the, uh, the Alderman Road goes up high. It goes like a hundred feet up. and all of Are, the- are you sure
1: you want to tell people where you live on the internet? <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah. all, all the trees were spinning around. They were all twisted and broken in half. Damn. It was it was pretty cool, yeah, scary. You guys ever uh kind of get concerned that like Florida is the epicenter of every bad thing that comes from climate change?
1: Not really. Hey, hey, Ron DeSantis is not the worst.
0: Oh, well, all we have. Really- <laughs> Is The tornadoes are really pretty mild <coughs> compared to, like, Texas and Oklahoma. Yeah, but hurricanes, you got rising sea levels. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's why I bought that house so close to the water. <laughs> because it's not quite waterfront, but I figure in five years, it's I'm going to be waterfront property. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: You're going to be living in Venice.
0: I mean, the, yeah. I think even Elon said that he's like yeah "Yeah, we we can um the the sea levels are definitely gonna rise but everyone will be fine that's not living directly on the beach right now Hmm. well do you want to hear the latest on the the sea level rise yeah this one will flip your boat um as the polar caps melt the weight of planet earth is going to be redistributed because they're retaining all that water in the form of ice up at the poles well when it all melts it gets equally distributed so a whole bunch of weight is going to transfer to the middle of the planet instead of up at the poles and the result of that is the the the, the, the inclination of planet earth is going to change say so there's a chance that florida could end up be on the equator when this happens. what? Yeah. Wait, so that would actually shift the, the pole? Yes, yeah, so it's supposed to shift. And it's supposed to happen in 2029. Holy shit. It's the projection for that, but, but it comes from a funny source. I mean, you know.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: So I mean... this is the most valid source that I get this from. But the science is probably pretty good. That if you uh... can't that the weight uh, differential between where it was and where it's gonna be could will change the axis of planet Earth. But of course, it'll happen slowly.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but my way of thinking, if more weight ends up at the equator, and less at the poles, then the inclination is gonna get more uh, vertical in relationship to the sun, which means that Florida will be closer to the equator and by and the moral of the story is buy tropical property in
1: canada <laughs> oh, that doesn't make much sense to me
0: yeah yeah deb what's what's an investing uh philosophy that kind of factors in our ineptitude toward global climate change
1: uh canned goods oh. <laughs> oh,
0: canned goods canned goods oh well, um, you know, there's this whole group of uh, uh, of uh, ETFs that are based solely on ecological and environmental uh, suggestions or pathways. And if you look at it, the ETF for that sort of it's called ESG investing, I think, something like that. Um, and um, uh, it, it's doing really well. So the the companies that have a mindset for ecological decisions um are doing really well. But but it seems like um you know just as a species we can't get anything done until it's the absolute last second and and like yeah. nearly too late to do anything like that. We, yeah. we didn't enter World War II until it was like, oh shit, we better do this before like they take over and then we can't stop them. And I feel like we're gonna do the exact same thing with with climate change. So it's well, like, what what can you invest in right now that kind of like that we could at least benefit from the moronicness that is the human? Uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, all I can tell you to do is to vote Democratic. <laughs> 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 Don't tell paradigm <periodic> that. <laughs> yeah, but um, a little a little blip of hope is uh, the the documentary on Netflix called Sea Spiracy. Mm. It's, yeah.
2: it's
0: about the oceans. And the premise is that if they stop commercial fishing in 30% of the world's oceans, the carbon uh capture will stop global warming. Mm because the effect of uh, the carbon sink of the ocean is thousands of times better than anything else. And uh, these big um, commercial fishermen that drag the the nets along the bottoms,
2: Mm
0: -hmm. uh, they bring up every kind of fish and they throw 80 or 90% of those fish out dead and kill them and keep high-priced stuff, the tuna and the expensive fish. Should they be eating certain fish then? And the fish are in integral to creating the biome of the ocean. So fish poop and dead fish parts mm-hmm. and all these kind of things create the biome, and the biome is the bacteria that absorbs all the carbon. And so that that, that kind of fishing. Um, and they don't have to stop fishing. We just got to cordon off 30% of the oceans and say there's no fishing. How do you do that? Well, I mean, right now we, we have, signed. you know, the U S has a 200 mile barrier where no uh, foreign fishermen can come in. And then they regulate our own fishing uh, or try to, so that the fishermen don't outfish the area, mm-hmm. you know, so that's an attempt, but in other countries, it's, it's not enforceable because there's not enough government or, or military or economy to stop the giant Chinese and Korean and Japanese, you know, super fish factories mm-hmm. that are well, stripping. What is, what is China's perspective on climate change? Like they, you know, as it, much kind of evil stuff as they seem to yeah. do. They seem much more pragmatic and like they're yeah. actually doing something about climate. Yeah, they are they don't like the fact that Beijing is, is is unlivable. So they're trying to move away from the coal-fired plants yeah. and all that kind of stuff and move to, you know, renewables and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But it, it seems like they're actually doing, they're making headway. They're building stolen oh, yeah, well, and, yeah, They have a dictator. Yeah. so they can build an entire city in two years
2: mm-hmm. you know
0: and they do that whatever they want to do just, they just do it yeah. we're a little lower here because we're a democracy and everybody's gotta agree we gotta vote on it yeah well what stuff. what happens when china's economy is bigger than ours how does that affect uh, the world's thing? well uh, is it, a, it true world <laughs> it's just that they're Being uh, imperialistic right now, and they're saying, Oh, we own all this ocean. We're claiming this is China's right. So they've taken Hong Kong. They're about to take Taiwan and make it communist China Mm -hmm. uh, rulers there. And uh, it'll put a little dent in their economy to do that because a lot of foreign money will leave. Mm -hmm. Uh, But Depends on whether they turn into Japan, 1937, when the Japanese Empire expanded and they conquered China, <clears throat> and they conquered all Southeast Asia. And they became imperialistic and warlike. They just started taking shit over. So the Chinese, I don't know if they want to do that. I think they might. I think it's an economic war. Well, it seems like they uh, they wouldn't mind kind of getting back at Japan after what they did to them before, during, and after World War II. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> would have doubt it. Yeah. I I read somewhere that uh, Japanese like generals would have competitions to see who could cut off the most Chinese people's heads in like five minutes. Oh. With, yeah, did you read that, that on Facebook?
1: Huh? Read it on Facebook?
0: No, I read it in a in a history book. This is this is actually this is true. Yeah. No, I'm sure those kind of things happen. So yeah, they weren't uh, they weren't so good. Oh, also in Sea Spiracy, if you watch the documentary, they tell you how they run the the fishing fleets. They interviewed a guy who was on one of the commercial fishing boats. He said, yeah, uh, the the captain bought me a drink at a bar in in Taiwan. And he said, what are you doing? Do you need a job? And he said, well, yeah, as a matter of fact, I do. He says, well, can you swim? He said, no. He says, it doesn't matter. I've got a commercial fishing boat. I'll, I'll, I'll pay you really well. Would you like to come and try it out? And the guy said, okay. So he went on the boat. They never never left him off, get off the boat for six years. Jeez. And all the workers on the boat were slaves. Yeah. He was a slave. And if you didn't if you didn't like something or said anything, they just grabbed you and threw you overboard out in the middle of the ocean.
2: Oh my God!
0: That Discipline took six years for the guy to figure out a way to sneak off the boat. <laughs> So that's how the Chinese and the, a lot of those fleets are operating with yeah. slavery.
2: That's terrifying.
0: It's terrifying. It's completely
2: wow. Crazy. Yeah. No bueno. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Cool. John, yeah. How's, the, how's your paternity leave going?
1: Um... Yeah, <laughs> I'm building a fucking playground in my backyard. <laughs>
0: Is Vivi so excited?
1: I'm trying not to show her anything. I mean, it sucks because it's just been—I just—it's been a lot. <laughs> yeah. Gabby's like, "Oh, we should definitely get this place set. It's awesome. It's gonna be so cool." I'm like, "Cool. I'm so happy you're excited. Let's buy it." So I like measured it out and like it like. She's like, it's about 206 inches like in length. I'm like, cool. I go and measure. We have some trees in our backyard. And the only space it can fit, I measure the two trees. I'm like, hey, here's 205 and a half inches. It'll fit perfectly.
2: <laughs>
1: and so uh I don't think it's gonna fit first and foremost. Oh, no. Secondly, I'm like, I was I our whole plan was to like get a landscaper to like do this and like get us astroturf or do something and somehow we we bought the play set and like okay cool now we have to kind of prepare the yard I'm like what are we gonna do she's like let's just get some dirt fill it and just throw some shit on it i'm like all right so i just call a fucking dump truck place i'm like give me as much dirt as you can they brought a fucking dump truck (laughs) and uh yeah i ordered way too much dirt so i actually Spread it out through my entire backyard. And that took a while. And then I had Uncle Craig come by and, like, hey, you're good at this stuff. What should I do about drainage? He's like, ah, you're good. Just dig this one trench and you're fine. And that trench took me two and a half days. (laughs) Oh, my God. So, yeah. I mean, he gave me an axe. So I got through some of it just with an axe, which was awful.
0: Axing dirt?
1: No, axing roots.
0: Oh, my God, dude. Yeah, I was like, God, <laughs> man, you're like you're like almost a real man at this point.
1: Almost, almost. Damn,
0: I'm swinging an axe. That's awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I finally got that laid down, and since our initial plan was just a small area, we only bought enough artificial turf for that area. So we had to order like twice as much to fill out the rest of the yard. And then all I I figured out the day after I started like nailing it into the ground that the nails I bought uh, aren't as cheap. And so we found cheaper ones, so I'm gonna have to rip them up and then redo it with these cheaper nails, (laughs) which just came in today. So I get to do that. I was hoping to do it all tomorrow, but it's raining all day, thunderstorming and Tuesday. Then I go back to work on Wednesday, so.
0: I think it looks fabulous.
1: Yeah. It will look really good.
0: It looks great.
1: Yeah. Um
0: like a little excited. magical yard.
1: Yeah, it's not the flattest, which I don't give a shit anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it, it'll get the job done. So that's yeah, basically what I've been doing it's this totally
0: entire time. Flat with cold water. So all that roly poly is gonna drain the water.
2: Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. So well, that's
0: yeah. good. Yeah.
2: Good.
1: So it's been fun.
2: Well,
0: what's new with Christopher?
2: Oh, it's it new with me.
0: We got a new client. So we onboarding them and kind of like designing some new processes. Nice. And I've uh, been doing a shitload of LinkedIn outreach, trying to find new clients. And, uh, and I designed this new process where I just interview someone for like, 10 or 15 minutes. It's called Podcast Quickie. Yeah. And um it kind of like gets my foot in the door with uh, with a lot of potential clients. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah, and it's fun too. Like I, I'm amazed like how much cool stuff we can talk about in 15 minutes. Wow, that's awesome. That's like a Whitman sampler. Yeah. Or plays potato chip. Bet you bet you can't eat just one. Yeah. Um and i had a i had a horrible reaction to the j and j vaccine like, i'm still coughing nearly 2 weeks later wow and i had a horrible sore throat Then i had a horrible like just you want to kill yourself cough and oh. I had a really bad headache for like 2 days oh and then friday i was like all right i think i feel normal
1: <laughs> damn did you ever did you listen to that podcast i uh, sent you which one the one about uh morning brew uh email blog thing
2: no
0: but i will now
1: uh basically <clears throat> one of the podcasts i listen to is uh we Study billionaires and i oh, just I really know. like are you listening to that mm-hmm. yeah I, I like the podcast a lot but this other one and maybe that was the same one but They interviewed the this guy who out of college like uh, started off a just kind of like in a way millennial email blog of uh, just investing and how he was able to take that and sell it to who was it like I don't know I can't remember who he sold it to for multi million dollars just because he's able to build out hey here's our 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 client base it's it's we've built it from the ground up some grassroots and people love us just because it's a community and this is what we do and they were able to build that to multi-million users and people subscribing every day to be able to sell it and get fucking paid for it <laughs> yeah. and they did the same thing like one of their uh strategies to, to kind of grow their business was they would basically interview or just kind of build relationships with these people in the industry and just have that kind of contact point. Once they interviewed them, once they said, hey, this is what we're kind of doing, would you like to be an angel investor? And then those who actually would invest, like as soon as the first one invested, then they got 20 more investors in like the next five days. Uh, They were able to just absolutely kill it and grow their business significantly and eventually turn a profit. <laughs> hmm. So they do the similar thing where you just like you find people who are interested in LinkedIn, interview them, build that contact, and then use that contact later.
0: Use that contact for what?
1: If you're trying to grow your business, like, hey, this is the kind of thing I'm doing. I want you to invest in it. I feel like we had a good connection and you feel oh, like Oh, I see stuff like that
0: like interviewing them establishing a relationship and then getting them to invest in something that you're doing yep so that yeah that's nice. yeah that's definitely uh that that's something i could potentially do as well
1: it just reminded me of what you're kind of trying to do i thought that that would be a interesting thing to look into are I need
3: to fight that tornado yeah how'd the fight go do uh, you get some pretty
2: good shots in? Ah man. Yes. Yeah.
3: It was not good. That's why my can't, I look so disheveled.
2: Can't win them all. <laughs> <laughs> all
3: right, what did I miss? All right,
0: Pernick, we got we got five minutes left. Tell us about your uh, what what happened this past week in your portfolio? Or
3: okay. Portfolio. I put the- I bought some more apps, which is Digital Turbine. I bought some more VOO. I bought some more Airbnb because it went down uh, back to the 170s after being up in the 220s for not too long.
1: How much Doge did you buy?
3: Hey,
1: uh, Mike, why did you buy VOO and not OEF?
3: I have OEF. I did buy OEF. Okay. <laughs>
2: um,
3: and I bought some Baba because... If Jack Ma can successfully fight the Chinese government, it'll be it'll be... Did he,
1: though? Is he still... I don't think he's still there. I thought he's, like, gone. I
0: thought
1: uh, they
2: killed
3: him. I, yeah. don't, I don't know. My understanding was that, like, the... Um, oh, God. There was, like, some sort of regulatory fight. Anyway, my I, I don't really care. It's kind of like a play. I don't think Baba's going anywhere. I mean, that's my... Is that the,
0: Alibaba guy?
3: Yeah. yeah.
1: Oh, okay. Um. Might you buy some hey, Alibaba? If anything, uh, Charlie Munger bought a fuck ton of Baba, so get that going for you. Well, yeah, that's something.
0: Charlie Munger fucked her.
3: <laughs> <laughs> i bought, I bought um I bought some BlackRock uh just because they were gonna do some earnings and I thought eh, it's probably a good time to buy some BlackRock before. <laughs> michael
0: and, you bought a lot of things
3: um kind of yeah, <laughs> i know I, I added to like the voo and apps i added to those positions um i i added to that position
0: no i think it's good to buy all those strange little things
3: and i bought some i bought coin near the bottom oh wow i bought coin at actually i didn't buy it near the bottom i i bought it at 331 after i saw that it was actually ascending yeah. So not totally bad, but I, I think um, I think there's an argument to make that coin is kind of like a ETF for crypto. Yeah. yeah. So I thought, eh, we'll, we'll see.
1: I, I'm, I'm worried about coin just because they're the first one to do it. And I think that when other organizations or other companies do actually go public, They'll do it better than just hey we're going public, <laughs> and they are they are very heavily heavily reliant on what the valuation is of Bitcoin of, of all of their coins and what what their actually client base actually purchases. So, if Bitcoin start does start to go down, that their valuation is going to drop obviously because it's like an ETF. But I feel that they probably won't be the best in the long run, I'm, and because the valuation was really high. To begin with, I'm so wary about it.
3: I I totally agree. I mean, I do, I really think, I mean, I don't, I think it's overvalued even now. But I mean, mm-hmm. that again being number one, I mean, how long do I want to ride the train? You know, uh, and you're the first. So I'm sure someone's going to do it better. I, and yeah. they might get a big player like um, someone who's been in this, you know, someone who has like real marketability. Uh, you know like imagine apple decides we're going to start you can buy any type of coin on any of our platforms and you can buy any of our I mean, stuff with any type of coin
1: goldman sachs is going to restart off right soon
3: well i mean there you go like someone who has that ability is just going to destroy the market for yeah coin but you know they are first right and i i own coinbase i mean i i have it and i use it and unfortunately i couldn't buy some doge so i missed that train
2: you get Voyager,
3: dude. By I Voyager, I got Voyager, and I put hundred dollars in my account. It's like, well, this is gonna take a few days. What? So I'm like, yeah, it's so sad.
0: Dude, mine literally less than two minutes.
3: <laughs> well, I'm not rich you. like you.
0: I do use yeah, four money. I don't have. I don't have four kids or however many kids you. Have. It's just four enough. A day. <laughs> no time to count. I'll have to estimate. Nine. <laughs>
3: uh yeah it's told me i had to wait it says you need to wait and that Uh, was
0: it mike did you fill out your uh your chart
3: let me see i did not
0: actually john john how would we compare our charts to see who's winning
1: uh well i figured that we would do the week over week and so if you just fill out the uh, charts data entry put in the date put in all the the first two columns it'll automatically fill that out to show you what your unrealized gains were for the last week
0: yeah Mm. it doesn't just automatically say that in charts
1: uh no because you have to manually enter that because charts is just the live data if you will and then the charts data entry is for the kind of week-to-week uh metrics okay um
3: john is this Let's the do that um, next
0: episode
1: yeah we should
3: um john is this the uh john's stock lookup chart and no it's the m1 finance one finance one. Oh, so there's a different chart that i <laughs> have i not been paying attention
1: <laughs> i mean i've only sent. i've seen you guys a bunch of stuff but i think the m1 is the main one Okay. Uh that you guys should be playing with because that's the one I've updated the most. All
0: right. Well, any final thoughts before we uh end this week's episode? Buy more Doge. Doge is worth forty-four billion dollars. Wow. It's a fucking, it's a joke. It was a literal joke, and now it's yeah. worth 40 billion, it's worth more than Southwest Airlines. <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, seriously, the, the guy that invented it, like I, I listened to, uh, I think, one of the NPR money podcasts and they interviewed him. He's like, yeah, I invented it just because it was fucking hilarious. And he owns none of it. He literally paid like some pizza shop, like, fuck it, here's all my Dogecoin. And he, he doesn't own any of it because it's such a fucking ridiculous hype. Well, he's mean an stock. idiot. Is he? Yeah, he'd be a billionaire
3: uh i'm sure he's taking himself a
0: trillion ethereum's worth a quarter uh trillion
1: i mean ethereum is is the only one that i would actually be interested in in investing in
3: i i own some ethereum chris Ah. remember remember when you called me when when we were in the middle of the game stomp saga and you called me it was a friday and you're like hey man do you own any doge and i'm like uh, I don't know. And then like literally while we were on the phone, I bought it. And then like, it was like four cents and I bought some. And then I decided I was going to get off Robinhood, and I had to sell my crypto yep. unless I wanted to do a partial transfer, which after looking at how to do that, I wanted to kill myself. So um, <laughs> I decided that I had to sell my crypto. Um, like, you know, at four cents, pretty much because it was like yeah. it didn't move a whole lot. We actually lost a little money. So, you know, I, I didn't put a whole bunch of money in it, but uh, enough to be upset about, you know, it being ten times what I bought it for.
0: Yeah, it's what forty cents now, thirty five yeah.
3: cents. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, Fifteen dollars since yesterday. It's thir- It's at thirty two cents.
3: Well, wow. I mean, here, here's the question is how long how long is that actually going to happen for
0: Dude, what like cryptos don't make any sense at all. Who, no. who can even right? it's like a bubble and a bubble and a bubble and a bubble. It's completely non complete
2: nonsense.
3: Well, but it's all like cryptos, a complete idea. Like there's the, the news about crypto is that crypto is being taken by this company and this company. That's great news. But, like, what moves Doge other than just straight hype?
0: Right? It's like 100% hype. But, like, hype seems to be the name of the game.
3: <laughs> so I was listening to this NPR story where they're talking about these um, coins that people would make. And then they would, like, they would start pumping them. These, these guys would start pumping, pumping, pumping. They're all it-
2: over TikTok.
0: He's, there's some guy, he had, like, Moon coin or something.
3: Yeah, I saw that, too.
0: He's like, yeah, buy it for like one millionth of a penny right now because it went up to two millionths of a penny yesterday.
3: Yeah. I mean, so like I saw that and then I I thought, fuck it, I'll put $10 into it. And you know what happened? It was impossible to buy. It was like, I went, I tried to buy it for like an hour and I'm like, you know, I just lost so much of my life (laughs) trying to buy this stupid coin. Like if I lose money, I just lose money. Like whatever.
0: Dad, what's your perspective on cryptocurrencies, just as a as a as an asset class? I don't. I have no idea. I think your on uh, your assessment is more correct. Is that it's really hard to see any value, except a uh, sort of a crowd enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. Um. Also, I think that gangsters and Money launderers, uh I think it's fucking great.
1: <laughs> well, I yeah. mean, you saw uh Bitcoin just dropped like six K because uh some government agency is going after them for money laundering and all that shit.
0: Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oop time to buy Bitcoin. <laughs>
1: is it? Yeah. I mean, Bitcoin's not even that like good of a technology. It's, it's just that's the most basic and then hype. Like I don't um, know, like I I feel that. If anything, the one thing I, I wish there was something you can invest in for like NFTs, like the technology behind NFT, like some sort of thing like that, because the non fungible, uh, whatever the fuck you call it. Okay. Yeah, is I think going to be the next big thing. Dude, I mean, my
0: buddy, uh, he just finished his, his first feature film. He's selling it as an NFT.
1: That's genius. Uh, the the the, the being able to mark your hey i own this that is going to be if gamestop invests in nfts they will fucking be the the exact same business model but for the internet it's going to allow you to trade instead of your actual physical cds of video games Uh, to hey here's the game i have i'm going to sell it to you for that like that is the perfect application for that kind of technology. It's an entire chain of a here. Who's here? Who's owned it? Here's who's bought it for what? And just this is that particular thing. Like that is what I see NFTs going to in the future.
0: What are NFTs?
1: Non fungible.
0: It's like it's like digital trading cards. It's like collectibles yeah. that. Uh- they're oh, okay on, they're on the blockchain so there can only be like one yeah so oh, okay there's a way like a through... email
3: yep. yeah it's like a serial number
0: yeah okay that's hilarious yeah i think you're 100 right man that would that's that if i was gamestop that's what i would do
1: right I think that's why they're trying to do a big push to kind of become another game store like online. But yeah. I don't know if, if any of these companies will want to do that because how they're currently selling it is just they're basically renting you the license. And so as soon as you die, that license comes right back to them. They can resell it later. Yeah. So there's no way to I can let you borrow my games or, or sell you my games or anything like that. They have to sell it to you brand new.
3: I think that they would also. I mean, like, if I wanted to sell you one of the games I owned, like, right, and I downloaded it from the Xbox Store, like, there, there's no way, right? Like, I can't right. just like, transfer it to you. So, like, on the other hand, it's like, well, why would we even want to give people the opportunity to do
1: that? Businesses would never want to do this, but I think that for secondary markets, it would be huge.
2: Oh, for sure, for sure, hundred
3: percent yeah i think that the the thing about crypto that's interesting it's like imagine like in the gold rush and like the 30s 40s right 20s 30s 40s um where like people were you know heading to california to try to like mine gold right now imagine like 50 people showed up and started like Doing alchemy and started making other gold and was like, someone was like, Hey man, gold's really valuable because there's a very limited amount. Someone goes, Oh, yeah, well, I just made like gold plus. And there's also a limited amount of gold plus. And someone goes, Well, shoot, I probably should mine some of that because I don't want to not have gold plus when it hits the like you know, the moon. And um, that's kind of what's happening with crypto. My concern is that it's all getting going to get watered down. And there's you're gonna have a lot of die off, and you're gonna have some consolidation of some sort, you know. However, me and Da, yeah, so,
0: dilution. There's a lot of dilution if it. There's easy entry,
3: right, right. Because we go on like Coinbase or whatever,
0: just the same as like the euro and the pound and like the yuan and peso. Well, kind like different currencies only that um in crypto anybody can open up another crypto. Mm-hmm.
3: Right. Like we we can just start probably,
0: our own yeah. dilution from everybody uh you know opening their own crypto and then well a couple will always stand out, you know. Ethereum will probably stand there'll be a couple of standouts, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to prove well we gotta we gotta end this episode any any final thoughts uh harryman or
2: john Um,
3: i'm just going to um i don't know what i'm gonna do i I honestly haven't even thought about it i've been just trying to like maintain my stonks and not lose money and uh that's about it uh just kind of keep my ear to the ground hopefully i bought some more gme so that's
2: good yeah yeah. (laughs)
0: Hey, Dad, hey, Dad, if you were a betting man, how does this GameStop saga end? Does it end with all of the normal people just getting fucked? Well, well, uh, oh, oh, let me look at the chart real quick. It's GME, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, usually these things, uh, wither slowly over time when, or people get distracted by another one that seems more interesting. So, uh, Yeah, so it just it it was basically nowhere for a long time, and then this year in January it went to three hundred and twenty, and then it sank down to fifty bucks, and then it bounced to two twenty five, and then it sank to one hundred and ten, and then it went to two hundred, and now it's dribbling the chart to me looks like this is on a slow plane crash
3: you would you would think that though right like that that's kind of um you know when it popped up the first time it was a f- relatively fast plane crash due to like the yeah. institutional intervention but yeah I, these stocks like as far as like analyzing the chart i don't like the same thing with amc like i just don't think I, I think that the issue is, is that if it's true, like if the assumptions are true that the that the hedgies are holding yeah. this stock, they're holding these shorts, yeah, you know, because they were hoping these companies would go under. Then, it's a waiting game. Some believe.
0: Oh, I so, can. This. The, the Schwab Equity Rating is F. The credit. That's my suite... Credit. Credit Suisse research has it the worst underperform. Ned Davis has it in neutral, which really means sell. Nfra's opinion is two stars. Reuters is. Ned, are you are you factoring in that uh, the, some company has shorted a substantial amount of this? Yeah. I mean everything you're reading.
1: But so that's it's the only thing
0: cuz if it doesn't have the shorts holding it up then it's going to go back to like you know 17 dollars share. But there, but there's no way to get out of your short position without hey. buying or selling right? or yeah that's what's keeping it up. Yeah. But you know are the what are the prospects of the shorts being uh, forced to drive it up to 300 or 400 again? I don't know. I, I think there's better things out there than this. Well, certainly, but I, I don't want to sell my remaining 12 GameStops for 150 bucks. Like if I if I lose it all, like, oh well. But if it if it explodes and goes up to thousand dollars a share, then that's fun. That's exciting. Yeah. I mean, I don't I personally don't think that's gonna happen because I think that the powers that be are can change the rules. Yeah. Well, um, how much money do you have invested in it? You no, have 12. I, got, I got twelve of them, so I think it's valued uh, at thousand bucks. Fifteen hundred bucks or right no? Oh yeah, yeah. No, 1800, yeah. 1800 bucks. Yeah. I don't know. If it were me, um and I was in your position, I I would sell half and I'd buy a I whole bunch of half. <laughs> what? I did sell half. Oh, okay. And I then I'd 25. buy five little things that Michael was buying. Yeah, sprinkle a lot of little speculatives out there with this kind of money because it's fun, and it's a learning curve. Well, yeah, I got I got nine hundred bucks in my Roth that I need to do something with.
3: Yeah, I'll tell you what to do.
0: We'll put half of it in Apple stock and put uh, the other half in a bunch of flyers. Crazy. All right, cool. All right, we got to end this episode. Thank you for hanging out with me. Hey, sorry I
3: missed part of it.
0: Yeah, well, you had to fight a tornado. You have an excuse. Thank you. Yeah. All right.
3: Bye, stonk talkers. Keep talking that stonk. Hit the like button, subscribe, and save our number. Call us in the middle of the night.
0: To see the complete show notes, specific links to everything mentioned, and videos of the 10 best moments from the episode, please go to anxiousfilmmaker.com. Now let's go make some great money and then some even greater movies.